from the Lord, don't we? Get your Bible, if you will, please, and open it to the Gospel according to Luke chapter 19, if you will. I want to thank you, Pastor Brown, for inviting me to come here, inviting us to come, and uh, for the accommodations, the golf day yesterday, and uh, especially with the fellowship, uh, with your pastor, always a joy. I love Brother Brown. Thank the Lord for him. And uh, he became a friend back in Indiana, as he said a little while ago, uh, when he was pastoring there, way back when, when we were both a lot younger in those days. I like to tell the story when I'm around him, that the first time I ever saw him, he was pastoring, and he was a little skinny kid with black hair. At that, in those days. Now, I know some of you would not believe that, but uh, uh, that's what he looked like in those days. And uh, we both were a lot younger in those days. I had a lot more hair in those days. But uh, the Lord's been good to us. Amen? You're very fortunate to have a good man of God here with you, pastor in this church. 
and uh, if you don't appreciate him too much, you need to go on a vacation somewhere and go to church on Sunday, and then you'll come back and thank God for the preacher you got. And uh, he's been faithful, and I'm thankful for him, and we enjoy being around him, and uh, he and his wife. I've always had a place in my heart for this church uh, from many, many years ago. My Uncle K.C. Poole helped Brother Downing and uh, in the beginning of this church, and uh, I can remember coming as a child, and I don't know how old I was, really, six, seven years old, maybe. And uh, my uncle led to singing and taught the adult Bible class, Brother Downing pastored, but uh, came here with my family, of course, just to visit. I was born in Dearborn and uh, raised in Indiana. My dad's job moved him from Chapman's Products. He worked there in Detroit and uh, moved in, uh, in the late 50s, like 59, I think, something like that. I was four. And uh, moved to uh, the northeast co- corner of Indiana out in Amish country. And that's near Shipshawana, just 20 miles from there. And that's where I grew up, born here, raised there. All of my family's from Alabama. I was telling Brother Downing this morning, I don't even have a first cousin that was born up here. I'm the only Yankee in the whole bunch out of all of them. I've never lived down there. I've never lived in Alabama, raised in Indiana, lived there through these years. But God's been good to us, and, and we're thankful for the goodness of the Lord. Brother, my uncle K.C. went home to be with the Lord in 2012, I believe, and uh, I had uh, privilege to preach his funeral and have a big part in that. And, of course, he's a great hero in my life. Uh, he started several churches after leaving here. Down, he ended up back in Alabama, charged several churches down there. And I went down for my brother's funeral in March. Um, one, of my, one of my brothers went home to be with the Lord. And uh, we went to church in Hartzell, Alabama on Wednesday night. And uh, one of the, the preacher was there, called me out from the crowd. He said, you're a preacher, aren't you, brother? I said, yeah. Where are you, Pastor? What's your name? And I told him. He said, Poole. He said, uh, you in a relation to K.C. Poole? I said, yes, that's my uncle. And he said, man, it's good to have you here. I mean, all suddenly I became a hero there in that church just because my uncle had uh, started that church. But he started three churches there, pastored Anchor Baptist Church in Priceville, the last uh, pastored, uh, church he pastored and stayed there 25 years. But uh, he's with the Lord today, and they're having a whole lot better time than we are over there. Amen? I don't know what your habit is. Will you stand with me as we read the Word of God, if you're able to do that today? If you're not able to do that, that's fine. Luke 19, verse number 1. I'll read the story here of Zacchaeus. And the title this morning is Christ in Your Life. Christ in Your Life. Jesus became the friend of Zacchaeus, and we're going to see very very soon that he's the best friend Zacchaeus could ever have, and he'll be the best friend you could ever have if you know him today. Verse number one, Jesus entered and passed through Jericho. He's passing by here today. He's passing by you today. And behold, there was a man named Zacchaeus, which was the chief among the publicans, And he was rich, and he sought to see Jesus, who he was, 
and could not for the press because he was little of stature. And he ran before and climbed up into a sycamore tree to see him, for he was to pass that way. And when Jesus came to the place, he looked up and saw him and said unto him, Zacchaeus, make haste and come down, for today I must abide at thy house. And he made haste and came down and received him joyfully. And when they saw it, they all murmured, saying that he was gone to be, to be guest with a man that is a sinner. And Zacchaeus stood and said unto the Lord, Behold, Lord, the half of my goods I give to the poor. And if I've taken anything from any man by false accusation, I restore him fourfold. And Jesus said unto him, This day is salvation come to this house, for so much as he also is a son of Abraham. For the Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which was lost. And looking at this thought, Christ in your life, let's pray and ask God's blessing, please. Father, it's a joy to be in the house of the Lord today. Thank you for this great church. Thank you for the wonderful lighthouse that's here in Livonia and in this community. And thank you for Brother Brown and his wife and their faithfulness here to you and to this church and this work. And bless them abundantly, we pray, and everybody here. Touch every family. Save anybody that's lost, we pray today. Draw every Christian close to you. Thank you for good friends. Bless us now, Lord. We're, we know we're nothing without you, and we need your hand. And we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you. You may be seated. Zacchaeus was a rich man, the Bible says. The chief of the publicans. The poor looked to Jesus, and they looked for Jesus, but the rich did not look for Jesus. It was a rare thing for a rich man to be concerned about eternal life, and it still is. Our trouble in America today is we've got too much. What do we need God for? I can remember visiting in a man's home and uh, talking to him about the Lord, and he said, what do I need God for? I've got everything. I've got this home. I've got a car. I've got vehicles. I've got money in the bank. I've got nice clothes. What do I need God for? And I said, well, you're going to need him when you leave this world. Because you've got to go either go up or down. Uh, you're going to either be with the Lord or, you, or you're not going to be with the Lord when this life is over. But you know, the average rich man just thinks like that. But you know, we're, we're wealthier in this country than 95% of the population of the world. And we may not think of ourselves as rich, but all you have to do is visit other nations to come back and thank God for what you've got. And I remember years ago uh, just complaining about, to the Lord about the house I was living in. Just got in the ministry and uh, just ashamed of the place I lived in, the car I drove and all of those things. And uh, made a trip down into Belize, Central America. And stayed down there for about 11 or 12 days. Took a bath in a creek for a while till I found a poisonous snake in the creek. And that was the end of my bathing while I was there. Uh, we checked into a motel. I was looking forward to that on our way back. I said, well, this will be good. We get in a motel. And the missionary is with said, now look, we're going to go in this motel. You take your army cot in there and your sleeping bag. Do not sleep in the bed. Don't even pull the covers back. Great. 
I remember a shower was there. It was a pipe sticking out of the wall. There was no hot water. Uh, there was no shower head on the pipe. There was no shower curtain on the shower. Um, the electricity came on for two hours in the evening uh, because it ran on generators. And that was in the capital in those days. And uh, I'll tell you, we, we, took, uh, we took a little food down there in our suitcases. That was all gone a couple days. We ate with the uh, villagers and they <clears throat> served us fish. They caught out of the, the little river down there. And uh, we ate corn tortillas and black beans and fish with no salt, no seasoning whatsoever. Now you said, big deal. You, you try it. See how much, you know. After three, four days, they say, it's time to eat. I say, oh yeah. And then I think, oh no. No, no. And I lost, I think, about 14 pounds in, in uh, those, those few days. And I'll tell you what, when I got home to that old house we were living in, it was the prettiest place I'd seen in a long time. I said, just put me back down in the United States of America, anywhere. We went through New Orleans, and I said, man, it was ugly leaving, but it was beautiful coming back. And uh, really, I said, man, my Visa card works here. Uh, they've got Taco Bells here. Uh, I can eat anything I want. And uh, I'll tell you what, we've got it made, and we really don't know it. I think all teenagers need to go on a missions trip. Uh, and uh, somewhere like where I went, and uh, man, I'll tell you what, you come back with a whole different attitude. It really helped me. Really did it help me. I was so thankful. And uh, attitude's never been the same uh, since that trip. I made several missionary trips since then. But Jesus said in Mark 10, 25, it's easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter into the kingdom of God. And even today it's true. Pride, pride comes with riches. Uh, we think we're important and, and we're no better than anybody else. I'm thankful I was born in this country. I'm thankful I was exposed to the gospel. I'm thankful I'm sending missionaries, not waiting for a missionary to come to me out in the darkest places of the world where I'd never hear the gospel. I'm thankful I grew up in a church like this where the gospel is preached. And I was exposed to a daddy who'd gotten saved out of a, a horrible lost condition, but knew what it was to have the grace of God in his life. And I'm thankful uh, for what God has given. But Zacchaeus was a rich man. And, uh, and he ran, the Bible says. Verse number 2 here, the Bible says that... Uh, as Jesus entered in and passed through Jericho, that there was a man named Zacchaeus, which was the chief among the publicans, and, and he was rich. But the Bible says in verse 4 that he ran. He ran. I think it's uncommon for a man to run, a full-grown man. Uh, I saw your preacher dance around a little bit today in Sunday school. That was an unusual sight. And I think for them to see Zacchaeus running, I think it was unusual, don't you? And he's the... IRS agent, he's the publican, he's the tax collector, uh, and uh, it was a tremendous opportunity for him. That's why he ran, and Zacchaeus had heard, the Bible says, he'd heard about Jesus. He wanted to see who he is. I'm thankful that I know who he is today. Uh, 
Zacchaeus had heard about Jesus Christ, his preaching, no doubt, his, his provision, the peace that he brought into the lives of others. Uh, I'm sure that someone had witnessed him and he'd heard and could see a change in somebody else that had, that had come across this Savior. His power to save, he'd heard about these things. And, and uh, Zacchaeus, his riches didn't, they didn't satisfy him. He had plenty of money. He had all he wanted as far as this world was concerned. He was rich. But it didn't satisfy that longing in his soul. And there's only one who can satisfy that longing in your soul. There's only one. Zacchaeus wanted to see Jesus, verse number 3, who he was. Who he was. You know, you need to know who Jesus is. You need to run an investigation on it. You need to find out. We're, we're in an educated uh, part of the world. And we have opportunities to search out. We have Bibles at dollar general stores you can buy for a dollar. And uh, what a rich nation this is. What opportunity there, there is. You think about standing before a holy God and giving Him all excuses, you know, that you can think of in those days. And yet... He said, you could have had a copy of the Word of God for a few pennies. And you never paid any attention to it. Spent your time in searching out other things. We, we're going to answer to Him. Saved or lost, we're going to stand before Him one day. And he wanted to see Jesus, but there were obstacles. Uh, there was obstacles in His own condition. I asked a, a lady one day about... Uh, I said, why haven't you followed the Lord? She'd been attending church, and I said, you, you haven't followed the Lord. Do you know that you're saved? And Have you followed the Lord in baptism? And she said, preacher, I get in my own way in this area. The old, there's things in my own mind that keep me from doing what I'm supposed to do. This day, to this day, she's not, still not followed the Lord. And she said, me, it's in me. My obstacles, horrible thing. In his own condition, well, he was little of stature, the Bible says. But it doesn't make any difference. It's, it's many things that keep us from seeing Jesus in ourselves, our own habits, our own interests, our own priorities. And then the crowd, there was a crowd there, kept, her, kept him, I'm sorry, from seeing the Lord Jesus. And there are always others who keep us from Christ. There are those you work with that will mock you or uh, peer pressure you away from the Lord or people you go to school with. And somebody says, so I go to a Christian school. It doesn't make any difference. There are those there that will keep you from Christ just like there are in the lost place. You can backslide at a Bible college. You know that? You know there's always a, a, a lousy bunch. No matter where you go, there's the wrong crowd. The devil plants them there. And uh, you've got to stay with the right group no matter what, what you're doing. Zacchaeus... Here he couldn't see because he was little stature and, and uh, he couldn't see for the press, the Bible says. And it, wasn't, it wasn't the news media. Uh, that was the crowd that was around him. And so he determined to overcome his obstacles. He wasn't going to let this stop him. You and I need to determine we're going to overcome our obstacles. This Bible teaches that in many occasions in the lives of these, all of these great men in the Bible, they overcame their obstacles to get to the Lord and get what God had for them. And don't let somebody else keep you away from the blessings of the Lord. 
But he put forth an effort. He didn't care what others thought. Verse 4 says he ran before and climbed up into a sycamore tree to see him. For he was to pass that way. Now here's a man climbing a tree. And he's getting up on a limb up there. And he didn't care what anybody else thought about it. And he climbed up in a tree. And then the scripture says that in verse 5, when Jesus came to the place, he looked up and saw him and said unto him, Zacchaeus, make haste and come down, for today I must abide at thy house. What a shock it must have been for Jesus to stop under that tree and look up there and see him. I remember being in the Holy Land years ago, and uh, we went uh, to Petra, and it's the uh, city of the rock. It's all carved out of rock, and the, and the buildings there, are not, they're not built, they're carved out of the rock. And all the pillars, you, as you go to a little, like a little uh, worship place there, I don't know what they call it, but anyway, as we walked, walked into that place, there were pillars there, but they were not placed there. They were carved out of that mountain. It's an amazing, all one piece, no break in it, all one piece, a magnificent uh, kind of work. that uh, I'd never seen anything like it. But I remember going down through there and walking way back in there to see that place, and it, and, uh, it gets really narrow in some spots. You can't, you can take a, they can take a, a donkey back in there so far, and then they have to leave the donkey. Uh, and uh, you just go through some real tight places. But I remember just, the walls being closing in, and I looked up, and as I looked up, I saw an Arab man sitting way up there on the top of that hill, and he was looking down at me. And I said, uh, I was surprised to see him, and I said, hi there. And he just stared at me, he never spoke, you know. And I just went on, give you a creepy feeling, you know. And... Uh, and you're not on American soil, and uh, a little different. But Jesus looked up and saw Zacchaeus up in that tree, and he called him by his name. Now, Zacchaeus, he didn't know Jesus, but Jesus knew him. And you know, you may not know the Lord today, but he knows everything about you. He knows who you are. He knows your name. He knows your life. You may have not ever sought him before, but he'd been seeking you all along. And he cares about you. He loves you today. And uh, even though he knows everything about us, he loves us. And Jesus knew his name. You know, he, he wants to abide at your house today, in your life, in your heart, if you'll let him. He'll be the best friend you've ever had. He sticks closer than a brother. He'll stay with you no matter what you face, no matter what you go through, no matter what your heartaches are. Songs have been written about it. No one understands like Jesus. No one ever cared for me like Jesus. Thank God for His love. Amen? Amen. Well, Jesus looked at him and said, Zacchaeus, make haste. Make haste. Oh, that's important. Oh, the preacher mentioned yesterday to the men there in the golf outing, you don't know when your time is to go. You don't know when you're going to leave this world. You may be young, you may be middle-aged, you may be older, but you have no promise of tomorrow. You don't have any promise of tomorrow. 
You go to the graveyards and look at the ages on the tombstones. I've had such many opportunities to do it. And you just walk around in there and look at those ages. And sometimes it's a year old and sometimes it's less than a year. And there's everything from there to a hundred. And uh, you got no promise. You got no promise. Make haste. Why you've got the opportunity, Zacchaeus, come down. Why you have the opportunity, drop your foolish pride. Quit thinking about what everybody else is thinking. Forget it. I remember seeing a man, I stuck in my mind, as he came forward to the altar one day, and it, he was embarrassed to come to the altar. I think we ought to use the altar. And I mean, Christian people ought to use the altar in the church. Uh, you look back as far as you can look in this Bible, there are those that had an altar. And uh, I like it. I like the altar. I like to use it myself. But I remember him coming down as he left the... I was standing here in the pulpit. As he left the pew and started walking down, he started looking around at everybody. As he came down, he looked this way, and then he looked this way at everybody. Then he came on down and he turned around again. He looked at everybody. And as he came down, he just kept looking into everybody's faces. He couldn't get his mind off what everybody else was thinking about him coming to the altar. Forget what everybody else is thinking. You know what they're thinking? He's going to the altar. That's what they're thinking. You know what they're thinking? He's going to go down there and pray. That's what he's going to do. That's what they're thinking. Who cares what they think? Man. It's a whole lot better to be a little bit embarrassed in church here than to stand before the Lord with your, hang, your head hanging down ashamed and rejected Him. Don't be ashamed of Jesus. Don't be ashamed of the Lord. Well, Zacchaeus received him joyfully, the Bible says. Verse 6, And he made haste and came down and received him joyfully. I want you to notice that word. Joyfully. Joyfully. The Bible says in John number 1 and verse 11 and 12, He came unto His own, and His own received Him not. But as many as received Him, to them gave He power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on His name. Well, I'm thankful I believed upon His name. I think back to that day, and I think back to what took place there. It's an amazing thing. It's an amazing thing. It's not a hard thing to accept Jesus Christ as Savior. But there's something magnificent that takes place when you do it. And think back to that night. I was in church and as a boy. And I was sitting back in the back with my mother. And, and uh, it was over in Fort Wayne, Indiana. And there was a preacher's meeting. And, and uh, the men are all standing around shaking hands. And there were a bunch of preachers there that night. And the service was starting. And my dad I always sat with my mother and dad together. But... That night, my dad sat down. There was a bunch of preachers all talking. Service was starting. The preacher came up and, and started the service, and he just sat down. And uh, invitation time came, and, and the preacher asked everybody that's, that's going to heaven, raise your hand. You've been saved by the grace of God. Raise your hand. I raised my hand, you know. And my mother's sitting there by me, and she put my hand down. She said, now, honey, you've not been saved yet, but, but you're going to be saved. Well, that preacher had just been preaching about going to hell. And uh, he kept talking, and I put my hand back up. You know, no, I'm going to heaven. I, I know the Lord. And she said, put my hand down. She said, now, honey, you've not been saved yet, but you're going to be saved. 
Well, buddy, I'll tell you what, when the preacher in the pulpit's talking, telling you you're, you're, if you're not saved, you're going to hell, and your own mother is putting your hand down that you're not saved, that'll do something to you if you get to thinking about it. Well, it did to me. Boy, I got scared right now. And I said, I want to get saved right now. She said, let's wait until talk to your dad after service. I said, no, I don't want to wait. I want to get saved right now. I mean, my, my voice was quivering. Tears were coming in my eyes. And she said, well, let's go see your father. So she brought me right down here to my dad. My dad took me right there. And I prayed and got saved that night. And you know, it's just a simple thing to call upon the Lord for salvation and to save your soul and mean it. But all the change that takes place. I'll tell you what, I went from, I went from tears of fear to tears of joy. And I remember leaving the church house that night. It was raining. And I can remember looking out the window and the joy that was in my heart that I was saved. And I knew it. And uh, uh, it was a few weeks later, they, we, they baptized. We get, I got baptized in a river over there. It was a little storefront church at that time. And uh, I'm thankful for the grace of God. Uh, but He does all the work. All we do is just open our heart to Him and uh, accept Him, believe upon Him. And He does all, of, all the hard part. Well, the religious crowd criticized Jesus. Look at verse number 7. And when they saw it, they all murmured, saying, He was gone to be guest with a man that's a sinner. Well, of all things, I thought he was going to go. I thought he might go to your house. Well, I thought he might go to yours. Why, you got that beautiful home over there. Why, he, he, surely this man can't be real. If he was, he'd know what kind of man Zacchaeus is. He's a sinner. And he went to be at his house. Boy, I'm thankful that Jesus loves sinners. I'm thankful today he loves sinners. I'm glad that he reached down in our home, saved my old daddy when he was as lost as he could be, and changed the direction of our lives. I told the men yesterday, I, I'm named after my dad's bartender. My middle name's Kurt, and I'm named after Kurt's bar. And that, that was my dad's best friend. My mother argued with him, didn't want me to be named that, but I'm named that anyway, but she changed the spelling on the birth certificate. She could do that. The devil had a different set of plans for my life than God did. Boy, when my dad got saved, he changed crowds. Crowds changed. Got in church. I'm just thankful. Just thankful. Jesus said, Today I must abide at thy house. Now Jesus is in the house of Zacchaeus. Where he's at. Well, he's he's looked at him. He's seen him. He's talked to him. We're not given the conversation. There are those who are criticizing him, criticizing Jesus more than they are Zacchaeus at this point. Verse 8: Zacchaeus stood and he said, Now here's a man that's Got a crowd there that day, there's no doubt. People have seen what's going on. And uh, he said unto the Lord, 
Behold, Lord. He doesn't call him Jesus, now he calls him Lord. Behold, Lord, verse 8, the half of my goods I give to the poor. Now we read that fast. But this is a rich man. He said, I'm going to give half of everything away. And if I've taken anything from any man by false accusation, and he knew that he had, and everybody else did too, I restore him fourfold. He kept track. Had a record book. Somebody would say he's lost his mind. Amen? You know how many people in this country won't darken the church door today because they're scared that the preacher's after their money? You know Jesus is not after your money. He's after your heart. He's after your soul. I remember <clears throat> a brother-in-law about to lose his mother and she was rich. Had, had a lot of money. And she, she didn't care anything about the Lord. And she said to my brother-in-law, she said, you know what bothers me about dying? I don't, I don't mind dying and leaving you my money, except I know as soon as I do, as I die and leave you my money, you're going to tithe to that church. That's what bothers me the most. He said, Mom, just put it in a little sack and take it with you. Zacchaeus restored to those what he had wronged. This is a happy man right here. First he receives Jesus joyfully, verse number 6. And then he's overcome with joy. And what God's done in his soul. And uh, I think of that movie about Scrooge, you know. And that night, this fictional thing. But uh, dealing with angels overnight. And the next morning, things are different. It's a story of redemption is what it is. That story. And this story is a story of redemption. There's a difference. There's a difference. Now he said, I've come to dwell at your house. And uh, Jesus said unto him, This day is salvation. Come to this house. This day is salvation. This day. This day. Salvation is an instantaneous thing. Somebody says, well, you grow into salvation. You may get a little closer and closer, but there's a birth time. There's a day. There's a day when you get saved. There's a time when you get saved. There's a point in time you can point to in your life. This day, salvation has come to this house. When were you saved? Now, you may not know the day on the calendar, but you remember the day. If you've been born again, you remember the time. And if you don't remember the time, it never did happen. Well, I think I'm going, what do you base it on? What day was that? When did you accept Him? When did you make a decision for Christ? When did you receive Him into your life? This day is salvation. Zacchaeus could look to that day for the rest of his life and for all eternity. That day that made a difference in him. This day is salvation come to this house. 
For so much as he also is a son of Abraham. Now he was a son of Abraham by birth in that he was a Jew. But now he's a son of Abraham because of his faith. See, there's an identification with Abraham. Abraham's the father of faith. And Jesus identifies him with the faith that was in Abraham here on that day. Well, he said this day, he said, I must abide at thy house. He didn't say I'm coming for a visit. He said I'm coming to abide. Now that's not, that's not a mistake in your Bible. Now if you get word that your cousins are coming to visit, that's one thing. But if you get word that your cousins are coming to abide at your house, that's a whole other world, buddy. That means they're moving in. Amen? And Jesus said, I'm going to come to abide. Well, all of that's introduction. Now I'm going to give you the message. Are you ready? Scared to death, aren't you? Number one, three points. A life that's changed. A life that's changed. Think of the fresh air in Zacchaeus' life. My dad said uh, he got saved about 1 o'clock in the morning in the darkness and laying in the bed trying to find God. And he prayed a prayer like this. I shared it with the men yesterday. Lord, I'm the sorriest man there is in the state of Michigan. But if you'll save my soul and clean me up, I'll live for you from here on out. He said in that moment, the whole world changed. He said, when I got up the next morning, life was different. He said, I didn't get up craving booze anymore. He said, I didn't talk to the Lord about the booze. He just took that away from me. But he said, when I got outside, he said, I got outside. He said, the birds were singing. The grass was greener. The skies were prettier. He said, everything was different. It was a new day for me. He said, my life's never been the same. 2 Corinthians 5.17, Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. The songwriter said, What a wonderful change in my life has been wrought since Jesus came into my heart. Are you forgiven today? Well, it's a life not only that's changed, but with a charted course. You see, God's got a plan for your life. He's got a plan for you for all eternity. Somebody says, Yeah, we get to heaven, we're going to float around a little halo and wings on the back and a little white, you know, playing a harp. That's a bunch of foolishness, buddy. God's got a plan for all eternity. Uh, a whole lot better than anything you've ever seen down here. Uh, it's wonderful. But your life, God has a plan for your life. He gives us the Holy Scriptures as our, as our road map, and He gives us the Holy Spirit as our guide. And He says, I'll never leave thee nor forsake thee. And then number three, it's a life that is a channel of God's blessing. You see, God wants to use your life. And He wants to, he wants to use your experiences. And He wants to use your testimony. And He wants you to be a blessing to somebody else. To talk to others about the Lord. I often think about a man I worked with years ago. Got to lead a few of them to the Lord on the job, and I can remember giving a man chick tracks, saying, read these, you know. And uh, he'd read them. 
he'd come to me and whisper. He'd, when he talked to me and whisper, he didn't want anybody else to know he was talking to me about the Lord. But he'd whisper. And I gave him a few of them. And, he'd, and I remember coming by and him saying, uh, you got any more of those little, uh, those little cartoon books you got? You got any more of them? I said, yeah, I got a bunch of them. So I said, I got some more of them. So I'd, I'd give him two or three more, wait, two or three more. One night after work, I said, why don't we go out in the car and sit and talk to us a little bit? He said, sure. And we went out and got to lead him to the Lord there in the car, asked the Lord to save him. He said, uh, a couple of days, he said, you know, my wife's real hard about this thing. And uh, she's got really her resistance up. She doesn't like what's going on. She won't let me talk to her about it. I said, well, don't talk to her about it. Just leave your little tracks around. When you go to work, just leave some around. And uh, he said, so I did that. A few days later, ah, probably a couple of weeks, three weeks, he said, you know what happened last night at home? I said, no, I don't. He said, my wife came out of the bedroom, tears running down her face, and she said, I... I've just received the Lord Jesus as my Savior. And he was so excited. But you know what a difference Jesus makes in our life. Well, there's an old song that says this. I'm going to sing it to you. Hang on now. Today I went back to the place where I used to go. Today I saw the same old crowd I knew before. When they asked me what had happened, I tried to tell them, thanks to Calvary, I don't come here anymore. Thanks to Calvary, I am not the man I used to be. Thanks to Calvary, things are different than before. When they asked me what had happened, I tried to tell them. Thanks to Calvary, I don't come here anymore. Then we went back to the house where we used to live. My little boy ran and hid. Behind the door, I said, son, never fear. You've got a new daddy now. Thanks to Calvary, we don't live here anymore. Thanks to Calvary, I am not the man I used to be. Thanks to Calvary, things are different than before. As the tears ran down my face, 
I tried to tell them, thanks to Calvary, we don't live here anymore. Do you know Him today? Is Jesus, is He real in your life? Christ, is Christ in your life? He can be today. He waits for you to invite Him in. Let's bow our heads together, please. All you've got to do is receive Him joyfully. That's all you've got to do.